0: Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Tosco, I'm hosting today's program. If you want to contact us after, before, during, and obviously I won't answer anything during the program, will I? You can ring us on 0439 395 489. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville 3052. You can email us at AnarchistAge at yahoo.com. You can download the Public Interest Before Corporate Interests application form by going to Pibci, pibci.net P I B C I dot net. You can go to the web webpage. You can go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano for the public. And I may even start a Twitter stream. The YouTube thing is still on hold, but hopefully that will happen. So if you wonder what anarchy is all about, no, it's not about mega data. Anarchy Society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal, equal decision-making power that's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. Pretty boring stuff when you think about it. When you could be out there building roads, growing the state, becoming part of the you know infrastructure Ponzi scheme, people, infrastructure, infrastructure people, until the boom becomes a bust. You can chop off heads in the name of your religious guru or master. You can become a billionaire and don't give a stuff about anybody. Or you can listen to the anarchist world this week. It's up to you. If you're one of those four, three former categories, I think you're wasting your time. Piss off. If you're interested in what's happening in the world around you, listening, maybe you and I will learn something today. All right. Let's start off with the Banking Royal Commission. Now, there are some words that are used. We have a Culture problem with this country's financial institutions A cultural problem We have a governance problem If you listen to APRA That's right A governance problem You know, a governance problem Well, it's crap We don't have a cultural problem We don't have a governance problem And irrespective of what APRA says, how incompetent, ignorant and potentially criminal the CBA board has been, complacent was the word they used, complacent, reactive. The problem is structural, structural. S-T-R-U-C-T-U-R-A-L Structural It's not cultural It's not a governance issue Corporations and businesses are on this planet for one purpose and one purpose only and that is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. That's the name of the game. They're floated on the stock market. They make profits. They bring in investors who rub their hands in glee and go jumping up and down and say, Horay, hooray, hooray. They don't bring in profits. the investors run away. The investors most investors don't care how that profit is made, whether we had child labor. I don't think would make much difference, and we do in certain parts of the universe. so that's what capitalism is about. The national endpoint of a capitalism is the creation of monopolies. So although it's very nice to see a few heads roll off the guillotine, once the people put enough pressure on the current government and opposition to call this little royal commission, which is supposed to wind up in six months, that's not the issue. These people were doing what they were paid. They were... Manipulating the system, bending the rules, ignoring the laws, because they knew they would never get caught during the deregulation, privatisation, corporatisation, globalisation tsunami that we have had to weather over the past four decades across the world, across planet Earth. They knew. And if a few heads roll and they change their brand and change the colour of the you know their financial institutions and change a few board members and everybody says Alleluia, brothers and sisters, it we have reached Nirvana. It is all fixed. It is not all fixed. It is not a cultural issue, it is not a governance issue. It's a structural issue. It's the DNA of corporate capitalism. The DNA of capitalism is to create ever-increasing profits for major shareholders or major owners, if it's a privately owned company, irrespective of what happens to the customers of that company because they're there to be pillaged what happens to the workers in that company because they're there to be exploited what happens to the national the country because that they're there you know to avoid paying any taxes to the country and the list goes on and on so if you think things are going to change after the royal commission while we allow this cancer and it is a cancer and it's a cancer because it not only destroys structures and confidence and ability in institutions, it's a cancer because it eats into the souls of people, into the very souls of workers, into the very souls of their customers who are imbued with the same ideology. And that ideology is to make a buck, irrespective of the cost. That's what it's about. And we are all imbued with this ideological position from the very moment we are born in a capitalist society. It's not about mutual aid. It's not about solidarity. It's not about sustainability. It's not about sharing the country's wealth. It's about accumulating it for yourself and your friends. Whether it's corporate capitalism, whether it's crony capitalism, whether it's your average garden variety capitalism, capitalism is capitalism. It is not a a cultural issue. It is not a governance issue when things go off the rails. It is the essence. And that's why I find it really funny in inverted commas that when we remove regulations which were put in place to keep the beast shackled so it couldn't eat too many people and destroy too many lives, and you remove those regulations, when the beast begins to eat and devour the society it lives in, then we go, oh, look at the beast, look at the beast. Maybe it needs cultural re-education. Maybe it needs a new master. The beast is the beast. It's extraordinary. We have millions, billions of words and hundreds if not thousands of commentators telling us it's a cultural issue, it's a governance issue. Nobody says. Maybe the problem is with the very economic system that is at the very heart of our society, which pollutes our souls and our minds and creates that cynicism where ordinary working people, ordinary people on social security benefits who do the best they can for their children, irrespective of the situation they find in, who do the best they can in terms of paying their taxes, pulling their weight, volunteering, being part of their community, they're considered to be losers. When I walk out of this studio, I'll have a tattoo across my forehead. Loser. Loser. And those of you who are listening to this program have the same tattoo on your forehead because you care. You want change. You want to understand what's happening. And more importantly, you want to change it. So while they harp on about governance and culture, it's time that we look at the essential issue. And the essential issue is that corporate capitalism, crony capitalism, every ordinary, everyday capitalism is built on quicksand. And it feeds... It feeds on people's hopes and aspirations, and it destroys people. And if it doesn't destroy you personally, it destroys you as far as the environmental damage to this planet is concerned. It destroys you as far as your spirituality is concerned. It destroys you as far as the way you think is concerned. It is from the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Look, I'd like to thank all those people who came to the 1st of May, March, in Melbourne yesterday, which was organised by the Anarchist Media Institute. As usual in Victoria, there is no public holiday for the 1st of May, so we they usually celebrate on the... First Sunday after the 1st of May Which I think is the 6th of May this 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 uh, this year But we celebrate on the day And we celebrate on the day So all those people who made the effort to come along Thank you for coming along And if you couldn't make it this year You won't believe this If we continue to follow the Georgian calendar There will be a 1st of May next year And you can join us on the 1st of May It will be the same routine And also i just like to reassure people because I haven't mentioned it for a while And people have asked me to mention it The Wednesday night dinners with yours Truly where you can cross swords Or have a laugh Have a conversation are On and continue to be on They've been now on for uh, about uh, Nine months So if you meet us at uh, 20 Smith Street in Collingwood Melbourne, that's in New Melbourne six thirty six pm to about 9.30pm Every Wednesday night All welcome Great way for listeners to the Anarchist World this week to get together. Great way for people to get together in a social gathering, have a meal together, you know, tear yourself away from your uh, virtual world, the world of uh, megadata, and come along, have a conversation, have a bit of a laugh. Come along to the uh, Wednesday night dinners at the Conjo Ethiopian Restaurant, which is at 20 Smith in Collingwood in Melbourne, 6 p.m. to 9:30 p.m. You don't need to book. You just turn up. Hopefully they'll be there tonight, this Wednesday night, and next Wednesday, and the Wednesday after. If we can't make it, we'll let you know. But at the minute, every Wednesday is booked in till almost the end of the year. And the key is almost. All right. Let's move on. Liberal Party. Now I'm going to concentrate for the next 15-20 minutes and. things that are happening in Victoria, but they do have ramifications for the rest of the country because what's happening here is happening in every other state and territory in the country. Now, the Liberal Party has a problem, and it's not Malcolm Turnbull. It's not even that most destructive gentleman, Mr Tony Abbott. No. The Liberal Party has a problem. Now, you may or may not know that Family First folded. And Family First was basically a religious fundamentalist movement, which was created by the Christian fundamentalists in this country to try to capture some votes and get some influence in Parliament because they're very concerned about progressive issues. What a term, progressive issues, you know, dying with dignity, abortion, uh, legalising marijuana. The list goes on and on. It's against God's will, obviously, isn't it? it? Has to be against God's will. Well, it's in the Bible. Well, it depends what how you interpret it, obviously. Now Mr Krogos had a vice like grip on the Victorian Liberal Party for some time. Some time. And the Liberal Party has been a creature. It was captured by the Institute of Private Affairs. I hate... I will never use the word public to describe those people. The IPA. Let's call them the IPA. A rabbit organisation full of people who are total apologists for corporate capitalism, waving the flag of personal freedom, you know, as they're uh, jostling uh, lance, lance. Okay? So they have had, they captured the Liberal Party 20 years ago. They threw out the so-called wet liberals, all those liberals with a social conscience who are now either retired or dead and they have been able to keep the Liberal Party on the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation highway. Well, the IPA's got a problem. Although they have many members in the state parliaments across the country and in the federal parliament, almost 25% of Liberal Party members within state and the federal parliament are IPA members running their particularly obnoxious agenda, they've got a problem. The religious fundamentalists, the Christian fundamentalists, have decided that people don't like what they see, that all they could manage was 2 or 3% of the vote at every federal election when they had family first. And all they could manage is occasionally have a senator here or there. So they decided to do what the fundamentalists in the US evaded, who have captured the Republican Party to a certain degree. They felt, oh, here's the Liberal Party no Christian values, no fundamental values. So they branch-stacked, they branch-stacked the Victorian Liberal Party and on Saturday, last Saturday, the Liberal Party had its conference and although Mr Kroger is still the titular head of the Liberal Party in Victoria, he is powerless because every major executive Position that's important within the Liberal Party has been captured by the fundamentalists. So when you see Mr. Guy, the man with a lobster, turn up and try to get your vote, think of the people that are behind him. It's quite extraordinary. It's been a takeover of the Liberal Party by fundamentalist christians and i can assure you that in the next year or two you will see policy after policy come out of that organisation which will make you squirm so on wednesday the 2nd of may the wednesday action group will be gathering outside liberal party headquarters in victoria at 104 exhibition street in melbourne at 11:30 a.m just to offer our commiserations to the IPA and all those, you know, people who fought, they were there, born to rule, who've been pushed aside, pushed into a side room by the Christian fundamentalists. Nice to see. Nice work, boys and girls, when God's on your side. As Muslim fundamentalists have shown us, it, you know, you can't, you know, you've got to win, don't you? you got to win. you got to win. But it's a tragedy. It is really a tragedy. Now, we in the Wednesday Action Group, which I'm a member of, which I, uh, myself and Ruth Martin, we established the Wednesday Action Group in 1999. it's a small group in Melbourne that on every Wednesday reclaims public space somewhere in the Melbourne CBD. And last time we were outside IPA headquarters, there were more police there than us. Extraordinary sites. So we have decided to have an IPA month. And our slogan is very simple. IPA, spiky on the outside, yellow on the inside. There'll be a, a posters up soon, which you can download from the net, which will be placed on the Anarchist Institute website soon. And we will be starting those weekly gatherings outside the APA. IPA headquarters, the Institute of Private Affairs I should say Corporate Affairs at 410 Collins Street in Melbourne from May the 23rd so it'll be May the 23rd, May the 30th and then the first two Wednesdays in June so we're going to have an IPA month I think it's important that people understand that what is happening with the Banking Royal Commission what has happened to the financial sector What is happening to the corporate world where they pay voluntary taxation, what has happened in terms of people who pay their taxes, do the right things by their neighbours, volunteer, described as losers, you know, is a direct consequence of this organisation's push into the Liberal Party to change its philosophical basis, to promote the corporate sector before community and that's what we've seen and that's what we're seeing so it's important that we stand up to this garbage because it is garbage for 40 years we've had this garbage you know spew this spew this intellectual spew this pseudo intellectual spew you know trip us up and it's about time we took it back for example I'll give you an example of how the IPA works now you may not know this But there is an Australian Communication and Media Authority, you like that? ACMA, A-C-M-A. And it was established by the Liberal Government, the Federal Liberal, Liberal Government, some time ago, to ensure that the ABC was not biased, right? Now, the ABC's new chief political reporter, Mr Andrew Proben, made statement, a little statement on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. He described our former beloved Prime Minister, Mr Abbott, as the most destructive politician of his generation, a view which I'm happy to spout today, because I do believe he's been one of the most destructive politicians of his generation. Well, a complaint was made to the Australian Communication and Media Authority that this was an opinion, not a fact. And guess what? The Australian Communication and Media Authority wrapped Mr Andrew Proben over the knuckles. That's the chief political reporter for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, which is taxpayer-funded, for describing... Mr Tony Abbott, as the most destructive politician of his generation, and they say there's no censorship in Australia. What a load of crap. What a load of crap. Now, good news. Well, the good news isn't that you just listened to the Anarchist World this week, which is broadcast via the community radio Network And the good news is, isn't is that this program's streaming live on 3cr.org.au And the good news isn't that the program is podcast And if you've got people you don't like You can always send them a copy of the podcast Go to, Or give them a link, link them, link them up to the podcast You can go to 3cr.org.au 3cr.org.au To access the good news The good news, and I'm not using a biblical analogy The good news is that Mr Lex Wotan, Wooten, Wooten, W-A-W-T-O-N, who I interviewed on Radical Australia a number of years ago, who's a man who was sent to jail because he was considered to be a ringleader in the riots which spread across Palm Island in Queensland, in 2004, after Mr Dumudji was found dead in a police station on Palm Island. And what happened is there was a riot, but the Queensland police response after that riot was extraordinary. It's as if the people of Palm Island, less than 400 people, 400, not 4,000, not 400,000, not 4 million, less than 400 people, were badgered, their children were removed, they were racially abused. The people involved in that riot obviously were arrested and taken away in handcuffs. Police came down in helicopters with machine guns, you know, just a totally disproportional response to what had happened. Well Lex didn't take this lying down and in 2013 he launched a class action on behalf of the people of Palm Island against the Queensland Government and that class action five years later has been successful and the Queensland Government has been ordered to pay out $30 million to the residents of Palm Island for the discrimination they suffered. Extraordinary situation. 14 years later, a little bit of justice. A little bit of justice or a totally disproportional response to what occurred on Palm Island. So I congratulate Lex Wotan, And if you want to listen to that interview, you can always go to the Radical Australia website, 3cr.org.au, and uh, see if you can find it on the podcasts. And not only a $30 million payout, but more importantly, a formal apology by the Queensland Government for what the 440 residents of Palm Island went through as a result of that police action, which could only be described as a quasi-military response to a situation which was understandable. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the community radio network. Good news, I've got even more good news. It's incredible. You listen to The Anarchist World this week and you get good news. Now, they've just had an election in Tasmania and the Liberal Party won the election. I think it's 13 to 12. And a lot of money was poured into the election campaign by the gambling industry. Huge amount for a Tasmanian election and it did kind of swing the tables and the Liberal parties were fairly elected by the people of Tasmania. And the Liberal Premier felt it was going to be easy sailing from then on. But guess what? One of his parliamentarians, Madame Sue former mayor of Hobart, has kind of lost interest in the Liberal Party. And the Greens and the Labor Party plus her combined to have her elected as the Speaker of the Tasmanian Parliament, which means the Liberal Party may have lost its majority in Tasmania so soon after their extraordinary election win, courtesy of, courtesy of the gambling industry. Good to see, good to see now those of you who think that the anarchist world this week is all about giving the liberal National Party a hard time, and it's all about giving capitalism a hard time, and it's all about this well, I'm sorry to disappoint you because if there are labour voters out there, I would i would you know I would suggest strongly that you turn off the radio for the next 10 minutes or so because I'll be talking about the the greatest budget since time immemorial in the state of Victoria, which was handed down 24 hours ago. Now, every business leader who's been gouging themselves at the infrastructure trough, welcome the budget. Every commentator has welcomed the budget. I mean... This is a Ponzi scheme. It's an infrastructure Ponzi scheme. It's very simple. It goes something like this. All right? It goes something like this. Even an idiot like me can follow this. All right, it goes something like this. You've got revenue. That revenue is dependent on population growth. You increase your population growth, you increase your infrastructure spending, you increase your population growth, you increase your pop- infrastructure spending, the list goes on. So it's a little little wheel. It's like this little... Rat in a wheel going round and round and round and round and round and round. Sorry for making you dizzy, all right? Round and round. And we're supposed to think that this somehow is wonderful, that this somehow is good, that this somehow is what government is all about, giving the corporate sector a leg up, getting them to feed themselves at the corporate trough you know, as far as this infrastructure binges concerned, bring in more people, build more stuff, bring in more people. It looks like they've been following the Chinese Communist Party lead. Well, there's a problem. Boom follows bust. But more importantly, the problem is that a lot of people are left behind. An extraordinary number of people left behind. Everybody thinks law and order and cost of living issues are the big issues. Well, they're not the big issues. The big issue in Victoria and the rest of Australia is housing affordability, keeping a roof over your head. When you're spending 40 to 50% of your income paying a mortgage or rent or not actually having the income to pay rent and being homeless or couch surfing, you know society has a problem. So you would think the Labor Party, who's been in government, in Victoria for the last four years, would have something to say about public housing. And yet, nothing. Not a thing. Housing affordability isn't an issue. Because they want housing prices to go up. Because they need housing prices to go up in order to have the income to finance this infrastructure splurge, which is been pushed by the corporate sector. It's not government instrumentalities that are building the roads. It's private corporations who have been, you know, tendering for the work. So it's an extraordinary situation. Now the revenue in Victoria was sixty four billion last year, right? Sixty four billion. Now I'm going to go through this very slowly because you know I need to clarify this for myself. If you can't follow it, I'm sorry. It's very simple. Now, look, I'm a simple person. You all know that. I'm exceptionally simple. I wouldn't be doing the anarchist world this week. Now, the annual budget in Victoria was $64 billion. I mean, they revenue. Now, of this revenue, stamp duty receipts were $6.8 billion. Now, stamp duty is a tax that everybody who buys a home pays. And the government believes that houses will rise by about 15 to 20% of the next four years, okay, as long as we get the people coming in from overseas or we're all producing 15 kids each, okay? Think about it. $6.8 billion comes from a tax which is directly levied on the purchasing of homes, whether it's an old home, a new home, $6.8 billion. That's 10% of the Victorian state budget is stamp duty revenue. Now, instead of using this stamp duty revenue to make housing affordable, we are using this stamp duty revenue not just to build schools and hospitals and fund them, but using this stamp duty revenue to go on an infrastructure binge. Okay. Look, I use the roads more than most people, and I understand how difficult things are. But what is happening is just totally non not acceptable in terms of the human cost. Because while we have forty to fifty percent of the population who are struggling to make ends meet as far as housing is concerned. All this money has been spent on removing level crossings, building tunnels, doing this, widening roads, kaboom, 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 okay? Now, a simple idea. I'm a simple man. A simple idea. And the idea is very simple. If stamp duty revenue is reserved for public housing, Victoria could house one million people in public housing by 2028. Now I'll repeat this little slogan again because this is a slogan which is going to basically be you a know, running point with uh, public interest before corporate interest and defend and extend public housing. Reserving... I'll repeat it again. And I'll do it again and again and again so this is very clear. Reserving stamp duty revenue for public housing will house one million Victorians by 2028 in public housing. Okay? Because currently, public housing is only used for dire emergencies. Housing is not seen as a right. Everybody is shunted into the private sector, whether it's rental, whether it's share housing, whether it's a mortgage. Everybody's shunted into the private sector. Public housing isn't a right. That's it. If that's $6.8 billion were quarantine... So how does that help the rest of the community? How does it help us? Simple. Simple. Simple even a simple person like you and all my listeners, because we're all considered to be simple idiots, you know, because, you know, we don't know the economy works, do we? Hey, eh? For 40 years I've been talking about, you know, the excesses and the structural issues regarding capitalism, and now when the chickens come home to roost, we're still, well, you know, nobody rings us up and asks us for our opinion, do they? You know, because we're simple people. So how does it work? One million people in public housing, they pay 25% of their income and they live in secure housing. This would soak up the people who are homeless currently, where billions of dollars have being wasted on programs which never seem to house anybody who's homeless, or house them in temporary accommodation, but nothing permanent. You know? It would house all those people on low incomes, Who are spending 40 to 50 percent of their income paying rent or trying to keep up with mortgage repayments? Think of the money that will be freed up in these people's hands to participate in other aspects of the economy if they only have to pay 25% for their housing needs and have the security of public housing. Then think of all those people who want to buy their own homes, who can't even Put the mortgage together. If a million Victorians are leaving public housing by 2028, there is a great downward pressure on rents. Instead of upward pressure on rents, which we are seeing today because of increasing population growth and the destruction of the public housing sector, there will be downward pressure on rents because investors wouldn't get in returns for little hovels. They rent out. They wouldn't get that return. So they would tend to flee from the market, which would mean that housing prices would decrease at the lower end of the market. Hmm? So it helps those people. gives people security. And how does it help all those people who are negatively geared? That 8% of the population that owns a second home, that loves the federal government's investment-friendly laws which ensures that even middle-income earners don't pay income tax legally, not just the corporate sector. Well, you're going to find this hard to believe, boys and girls. You're going to find this hard to believe. I've taken off my glasses. But if you house people in secure housing at a reasonable rental, much of the pressure which leads to domestic violence, much of the pressure which leads to increasing Crime rates, much of the pressure which leads to family disintegration and social disintegration, dissipates. It dissipates, which makes life easier for everybody living in the community, even our investors, because... You don't have to be worried about locking everything up 24 hours a day or be in the back of the head so somebody can go through your wallet. So this is a simple solution. Why not quarantine? Stamp duty revenue in every state and every territory in this country to provide public housing. Within a decade you can provide public housing for 15% of a population. Within two decades, that's 20 years, which isn't a long time, you can provide public housing for 30% of the population. Simple. Obviously, stamp duty revenue will decrease, but you would have this huge number of houses and units which are in public hands. And those people who think the community sector and the social sector and the affordable housing sector, which are privately owned, for-profit or not-for-profit organisations, are going to fill the gap. It ain't going to happen, boys and girls, irrespective of what type of government support is given to these organisations. Now, I'm a co-convener of Defend and Extend Public Housing. Now, Defend and Extend Public Housing was created by public interest before corporate interest to make public housing an election issue because the Liberal National Party is not interested in public housing. They want to privatise what's left. The Labor Party is definitely not interested in public housing. They want to transfer ownership of the public housing sector to the community, social and affordable housing sector. That's right. Give it away. Give it away. It's all nice. Remove people's security. So we've been holding small rallies outside the Victorian Parliament House since December 2016. Now, as the election gets further, we will be making a number of announcements regarding tactics and strategies to put public housing at the forefront of this election, the Victorian state election on the 24th of November, Saturday 24th of November, at the forefront of people's minds. Now, our next rally will be on Wednesday the 9th of May, which is a parliamentary sitting day. And guess what? Although we've had this day pencilled in for over six months, the trade union movement is having a bit of a rally, so we may actually have a combined rally. You never know. So Parliament House, midday, Wednesday the 9th of May, defend and extend public housing, because at the end of the day, nobody, nobody except you, is really interested or cares about this issue. The normal people who jump up and down for public housing tenants have basically gone over to the government. They can see a buck for themselves in the long term if public housing becomes is transformed into social housing, which is privately owned and privately managed. Because public housing is publicly owned and publicly managed. Now, if you can't make it on Wednesday the 9th of May, you can maybe make it on Wednesday the 20th of June, another parliamentary sitting day. Uh, Of the major political parties in Parliament, the only party that has put up its hands for public housing is the state Victorian Greens. And it is our strategy to ensure the next Victorian Parliament is a hung Parliament if it's a hung parliament, then public housing will continue to be part and parcel of the housing mix in this state. If 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 it's not a hung parliament, if it's a Liberal National Party majority or a Labor Party majority, public housing is finished. Finished in the state of Victoria. Done, dusted, gone. And it is their purpose to put this on the back burner not to make this an election issue because if they do people would understand what's happening and maybe there would be that groundswell of support for public housing when people realise it's not just about homelessness it's about much more than homelessness it's about housing being a right not a privilege in this country this country that's right so, if you, want to, if you want to look at Defend and Extend Public Housing, go to their Facebook page. Defend and Extend Public Housing Australia. Defend and Extend Public Housing Australia. Go to the Facebook page. Uh, but uh, more importantly, come along to the rally. Midday, the 9th of May, outside the Victorian Parliament House. Make publicly housing, housing that is publicly owned, publicly managed, an issue at the state election on the 24th of November. Those of you who have gone through the budget will know it's not an issue. It's been put on the back burner. It's going to be destroyed unless there's a hung parliament. Neither of the major political parties are interested in the concept of giving people affordable housing as a right, not a privilege. You're listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Now... Are you sick and tired of listening to experts and politicians and business leaders tell us how it's okay? It's all good. It's all good. It's okay. Everything's fine. And governments tell us ad nauseum. There's all these committees out there which, you know, overview What's happening? All these boards, APRA, ASIC, etc. Well, I'm sure they're right. I'm sure there's all these organisations out there. But what do you do? It's very simple. You don't want an issue addressed. You pass legislation which creates a committee or a board. You don't fund that committee or board to do that work and then when things go wrong like the national insurance disability scheme you say it's the fault of the workers now if you're not going to fund these organizations or give them the give them the uh, legislative ability to do their job well nothing's going to happen nothing's going to change and that's why nothing ever changes because We don't fund these organisations, the community, at the state or federal level. We set them up. They look nice. They've got lots... You know, you can make lots of phone calls and look at their website and lodge your complaint. But when it comes for them to be able to do their work, they're not funded. And if they're funded, which is unusual, they don't have the legislative power to conduct that work. I mean, how is it? How is it? That, what we've seen in the, in the Banking Royal Commission, the Financial Sector Royal Commission, you know, how all these organisations were set up to regulate the financial sector, ain't been able to do their job. How is it the National Disability Insurance Scheme is having so much trouble keeping up with demand? Well, it hasn't been funded adequately to keep up with demand. It hasn't been funded adequately to keep up with demand. That's what happens. That is the reality on a day-to-day basis. It's not funded. That's how they deal with that situation, not funded. Think about it. Royal commissions, limited time of tenure, not funded adequately. APRA, not funded. And even if they're funded, they don't have the legislative ability. That's why every day... Every day it's the same story, whether it's in the mass media, social media, the same story. Why don't things change? Why don't things change? If we've got the infrastructure, which is there to review and oversee what's happening, why don't things change? They don't change because these institutions aren't funded. These institutions don't have the power to do what they're established to do. They don't have the legislative power. They don't have the legal power. Listen to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. Now, let's move on. Metadata. You like the word megadef Metadata. Well, Potato Head, Mr Potato Head, the, the soon-to-be next Prime Minister is at it again. At it again. Uh, they're at it again. At it again. At it again. Here he is. He wants all this power. He wants all this power, you know, to have control over your affairs Mr Potato Head he's there he wants this power to control your affairs it's simple, mega data George Orwell was right all those people who are you know orgasmic about the world wide web being the highway to freedom, personal freedom, think again the world wide web Megadata has turned out to be the highway to authoritarianism, whether it's facial recognition, whether it's authorities being able to know what you're doing and saying every minute of the day. Extraordinary situation. George Orwell was right, 1984. Here we come. And the thing is, it's doubly, it's a huge problem in Australia. In Australia, there is no constitutional protection from the arbitrary exercise of state power for the individual. There is no arbitrary protection constitutionally. It's a little bit like the Chinese Communist Party. There's no arbitrary protection for the individual in a a communist country. There's no arbitrary protection of the individual under the Australian Constitution. So Mr Potato Head, the Prime Minister-in-waiting, you know, he can pass regulation, not just legislation, regulation, which will allow government instrumentalities and authorities and corporations to be able to monitor you. Because this is mega data. This is not data which is collected about individuals who are involved in suspicious behaviour. This is mega data. This is data which is collected about every man, woman and child in this country's by authorities which is then used and stored to curtail people exercising what few rights and liberties they have in this country. And it's doubly, doubly a problem in this country because, I said before, there are no constitutional protections for the individual against the arbitrary exercise of state power as the people of Palm Island found out in 2004. You've been listening to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Facebook page, Toscano for the Public. Toscano for the Public, Facebook page. You can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page, Defend and Extend Public Housing. You can go to the Public Interest before Corporate Interest. Page Pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net and download an application form to join public interest before corporate interest. Let's change the political direction of this country. Join public interest before corporate interest. You can leave messages on 0439 395, 0439 395 You can write to me at post office box 20 Parkville 3052 and don't forget... Listen to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse, 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events.